Live from New York, it's SS Engineer. Hey everybody, it's time for my favorite hour of the week when I get to hang out with the dude and talk to you, the viewer, all about what's happening in the world of making, engineering, hacking, and more. We've got a massive show for you this week. Yeah, long show this week. Next week we're going to have an extra super mega bonus show. We'll talk about that shortly. So we're going to get right into it. And Mr. Lady Ada is going to tell you what's yeah. on tonight's show. On tonight's show, we'll talk about how we're shipping safe and smart. We are open for biz. We've been able to get all the products to everyone over the last few months, and more so now, all of us at Adafruit. Thank you. These are pre-COVID photos of the Adafruit team. But if you want to support a New York City woman-owned manufacturing company, go to Adafruit.com and place an order. Lady Ada will be talking about all the people that were on Show and Tell, people around the world, Show and Share their projects every single week. Lady Ada will talk about that. Have some JP workshop in addition to JP's latest show. Talk about his new one as Ooh. well. Some Make Code Minute, some CircuitPython news, some Python and hardware news, and more. Have some time travel. We're also going to start a new segment where we look at different apps that electronic companies make and more. The first one up is going to be Maxim's Essential Analog app. Going to do some Made in New York City factory footage, some 3D printing. DigiKey and Adafruit are going to bring you new product introduction. I on NPI this week. It's a product from Digilent. We're going to do some new products. You hinted what the new product is. That's right. We got some top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, where you can join 24,000 plus of us. All that and more on, you guessed it. Dun, da, da. Ask an engineer. Okay. There is so much yep. stuff. Okay, let's roll in right away. So, Boy. um... Right now, we're in like, you know, month six of operating smart and safe. Our team gets COVID testing. We always wear masks. We have gloves. We have social distancing. We have filters in the air conditioning system. We have ventilation. We did surface COVID testing, and we have excellent protocols. We share them on our site, adafruit.com slash opensafely. And that allows us to get you all the electronics, keep our team safe. Um, there was a delay in... New York City schools reopening. Yep. So we have like three weeks before um, we know uh, things are gonna not be the same. Escalate. So we well we'll see. One like we've been other. in stasis, you know, the the whole city essentially. Um, today gyms reopen. Um, there's some museums that reopen, and uh, there's you know a couple websites that are like the back back to normal factor. So in New York, the 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 back to normal factor is up to like seventy nine percent. So seventy nine percent of the things that people were doing are, are now possible again. Um, but we never stopped, and we continue to manufacture here in New York City. We have everything you need. Thank you, all of our partners out there that's been helping us out and more. But most of all, thank you. And that brings us to um, a special deal that we're doing. So we just hit over 50 stemmas. That's right. And right now, when you order something on our site, and you can check this out on adafruit.com free, you can get a free stemma. That's right. Sorry. Oh, this is so confusing. And here's the, <laughs> and, and, and here's the, and here's a, a quick um, overview. So at the um, $149 or more, you get a free Stemma QT quick board. There's accelerometers, humidity sensors, light sensors, yeah. ADCs, DACs, IMUs, potentiometers, magnetometers. You know, we even have a USB to GPIO breakouts. We we took our most popular Stemma QT boards, and we have 50 total boards. We have 
uh, CircuitPython and Python and Arduino code for all these boards, which is awesome. So you can use it whether you're running a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino or a Feather or, you know, whatever board you want to use. Um, and these are really popular and fun. They're plug and play, no soldering required, although you can solder if you like. And so at every order, $150 or more, you'll get one yeah. random one. And if you make an account, because then we can track which ones you've gotten, you'll get a different one each time. Yeah, so we made the free system smart. If you have an account and you order, you get a Stemma. And then the next time you order, you don't get the same one, but just make sure you have an account. Otherwise, it's completely random. But if you have an account, you don't get one you've already had. So... That's right. Check it out. I recommend having an account. Also, it makes it easy to track your orders. So um, thank you, everybody. This is the type of freebies we want to do. Um, we're up to 50-plus stemmas. Um, you know, we'll be celebrating this quite a bit, but we wanted to announce it here tonight. Free stemmas with purchase. That's right. Okay, people around the world are showing and sharing their projects every single week. Next week, we're going to be doing a 7 p.m. one as usual. It's Circuit Python Day next week. Don't forget 9-9-2020. Um, and so it'll be a very Circuit Python theme one. Feel free to come by no matter what. And then coming up in the future, we'll probably go back to the show and tells being at 7.30. So um, just be ready for that. We'll announce. We'll have a blog post and everything. But that's uh, what's ahead. But what we did tonight was we had a bunch of folks show the projects. What was on the show and tell... Tonight, Lady Ada. I'm glad you asked. Kevin W. came by and gave us a big clue. It's his big clue that he's working on. Uh, this week, he got the NeoPixel display going. Uh, it only took six lines of code. Thanks to everybody on Discord who helped out with all the, the pixel mapping. But he's now got, I think, like 32 by 32 NeoPixel grid, and he's going to start displaying images on it. That's super cool. Um, Colin came by with a monstrosity synth with, like, three speakers, and it like use the PWM output and it sounds cool. It sounds like a video game synth um, with cool arpeggiation stuff built in, it seems like. Aaron uh, made a wire-wrapped LED electronic ring for a friend who wanted a ring like the one in the animated version of Dis the Disney animated version of Robin Hood where Robin Hood's a fox and everyone loves that version. And so does this person. She wanted a ring just like the ring that he gives Foxy Marion, and so Erin made one that looked cool. She used resin casting, wire wrapping, electronic skills to make this dream come true. Brian is doing the can-can with can feather wing. He designed a feather wing that adds can networking to any of our feathers. And um, in Arduino, there's a great library, but in CircuitPython, there is no library yet for this popular MCP25 controller chip. He's adding it. He's got data moving between multiple boards. Big step in the CAN world. Um, more to come with CAN. We're gonna be doing a big push to get CAN support on all of our uh, feathers and boards. Nan Pedro made a busy box. I'll show the video soon. It's, um, it's an upgrade to their old on-air sign, this time with removable, replaceable panels, NeoPixels, and all running CircuitPython for easy programming. JP made a quote displayer that uses Adafruit IO to um, basically let you set the text and color of what will appear on an LED matrix and then it scrolls by. Um, Scott uh, has done some updates to our CircuitPython request library, making it CPython compatible so we can test it on a desktop very fast. Doesn't have to worry about Wi-Fi connectivity with a like Wi-Fi or Ethernet module and also added unit testing. It should be back compatible much faster, handles chunking, does HTTP 1.1, way better. So good work, Scott. And uh, 
not to leave out Liz, who brought her party parrots. Every week is a party parrot. Um, everyone is online now more. They're doing a lot more virtual meetings, maybe a lot more uh, Slack meetings. There's party parrots everywhere. I like using the party parrot. Uh, she put a party parrot on an RGB matrix. It looked cool. It was just kind of jamming out. And um, hopefully she'll write a guide about it because it's kind of cool. Animated parrots. Okay. Okay, that was your intel. All right, one question came up. I'm going to answer it here, too. Yeah. Um, we don't look back at your past order history, so these are only random ones of the ones that we From freebies. Have. Yeah. But you know what? When do you not need two accelerometers? We always yeah, need sure. two. Um, and uh, the cool thing is these will change over time, too. Yes, we're going to add and, yeah. and remove ones and change them around so they'll, they'll, you know, they'll cycle through and collect and them all. Collect them all. You'll get, you'll get more and more. Okay. This is part of our eight different live series of shows. Uh, like I said, this week um, we did show and tell at 7 p.m. And you're watching Ask an Engineer right now at 8 p.m. Um, we might be changing show and tell to 7.30, but we'll let you know before we do that. Every Sunday we have Desk of Lady Ada sometime around 8 o'clock. And this week, JP has a new segment, new show, JP's Product Pick of the Week. And this is where JP's looking at one of his favorite new products. Mm -hmm. um, new products is probably the most popular video series that we do, so we wanted to expand that even more. Yeah, we do NPI for DigiKey, but what about Adafruit NPI? Yeah, so JP's going to have that every single week, and uh, I said, oh, cool, uh, can you send me over a one-minute clip so we can do a little highlight on Ask an Engineer? And he said, yeah, no problem. So here it is. Hey, hello, and welcome to JP's product pick of the week. This is the BMP280 sensor. This is a pressure and temperature sensor from Bosch. Now, in order to do a little uh, sort of real world demo, I decided to use something like a Tupperware container. You'll see here through that scratchy lid, as I push down, I go from 994, 96, 8, 9, 1,000. Now the interesting thing is if I push down enough to squeeze out a little air and then release, it actually goes and creates a suction. 970, and I've got red neopixels there, so that's actually lower than my atmospheric pressure because I squoze out some air. Product pick of the week, it is this lovely BMP280 pressure sensor. This has been JP's product pick of the week. That's JP's product pick of the week. Um, and then also you can tune in to JP show each week with a Make Code Minute, and we're also going to play a highlight from that now, too. For the Make Code Minute today, what I want to do is build a Zoom call mute and video mute button box uh, that also works with Google Meet. So these are two really popular uh, streaming uh, video conferencing services, and uh, I wanted to build a mute button for them. Uh, so this is a Zoom that's happening right now that I've launched. No one else is in that call. Uh, that would be really chaotic. Uh, but so in order to mute the audio, I'm just going to press the left button on the Circle Playground Express, uh, and you'll see here it switches that little icon at the bottom to mute or unmute. Um, and if I want to mute the video on it, I'll hit this button on the right, and that will pause that video. Now, if we are going to use uh, Google Meet, I just have a little switch here to switch over to different keyboard shortcuts, which I won't use right now because that'll definitely create a black hole. So inside of Make Code, what I've done here is I have the keyboard extension that I've added. And you can see here, when I press button A, 
depending on which service we're using, which is either Zoom or Google Meet, based on switching the uh, button or the switch left and right on the Circle Parent Express, we're either going to type in a keyboard capital A with the command, so that's command A, uh, which could be control A if you're on Windows, you could switch that. And uh, if we're in the other mode, it's actually command lowercase d uh, that, that mutes the audio. So those are the shortcuts for audio. Uh, and then the B button does same thing except for video. So inside of Zoom, that's command capital V or command shift V. And on Meet, that's command E. Uh, the rest of it is just about making it fancy by lighting up some lights. I've got an array, a couple arrays here of which lights we light up depending on uh, the one that we're using. And uh, that is how simple it is to set up a little Zoom call muter. And I somehow managed to do that without breaking Wirecast, I think. So I'll, I'll quit while I'm ahead. Uh, and that is how you can build a video and audio mute button inside of Make Code for the Circuit Playground Express to use with Zoom and Google Meet. That is your Make Code Minute. That was JP's workshop. Tune in tomorrow at 4 p.m for the next JP's workshop. Um, some Circuit Python news that's Python coming up. News. Yeah. So towards the end of the show, we're going to do the video newsletter. So just uh, hang on all the way to the end. We are almost up to, uh, next week we'll be up to 99 Circuit Python newsletters. On 99. On 99. So perfect timing. And then, you know, of course, right after this, so we're going to be up to the 100th Python on Hardware newsletter. Um, here's a preview of the graphic because we have this all ready to go. That's nice. Um, and 100 newsletters, 8,000 plus subscribers, so we like to keep track of stuff. And over the weekend, we hit 150 boards. Exactly. And, exactly, on circuitpython.org slash download. So what does that mean? That means there's over 150 different electronic platforms that you can put CircuitPython, so coding Python, and uh, here's, uh, here's the... 150th board, and it's going to be a little bit of a surprise because it's uh, lit up. And what is it? I'm gonna. It's gonna. The big reveal is coming soon. I can't soon. tell what it is. Um, and uh, so it's a Black Lives Matter educational learning kit badge. Uh, has a cool feature where it lights up more if, with the microphone. Um, if it has ambient light going on, um, it'll have the LEDs go on there, and uh, public domain. Yeah, it runs off of two AAA batteries, uh, programmable with USB-C, there's got capacitive touch pads. Yeah. So it's, it's got a lot of the stuff that the Circuit Playground has, but it's a wearable badge. Um, you know, Phil and I have been going to uh, protests and events here in the New York City area. We notice a lot of them happen at night, and people want to be, they try to light up so that they are yeah. visible. Yeah, and folks have um, LEDs on their bikes, and uh, this is just yet another uh, moment in time and this uh, in our lives in 2020 in New York City, we wanted to have something for people to learn from, for something for us to remember. This was such an important thing that happened in our city. So now there's a badge and it just happens to be the 150th board on circuit. Give some away too. Yeah. That'll be fun. So um, some more. don't forget next week, Circuit Python Day 99, 2020, full day of events and more. Okay, let's do some time traveling. Okay.
time travel, let's look around the world of makers, hackers, arts, engineers, things that are going on in the world of electronics. I'm excited about this. Special thanks to Maxim, who worked with us on um, this demo that we're about to show. So we had to do a, a really neat way to record um, what was on a phone that Lady Ada uses for testing. So we have a video overview of Maxim's app. That's what I talked about earlier in the show. Yeah. And uh, we went through all the features and more. So and here it is. free stuff you can get. Yeah. So here it is. And we hope to, um, we'll probably have... Uh, more apps from various companies. We have an app, and this was really neat to check out what Maxim's up to. So thank you, Maxim, for partnering with us on this so we can show this off on Ask an Engineer. Take it away, us. Okay, Lady Ada, Maxim has a new app called Essential Analog, and this is a really cool app because we're seeing electronic component manufacturers say, hey, lots of people use mobile devices. So let's make an app for them so they can find all the different parts. So this is called Essential Analog. And scan that QR code. Insights on the go, available for iOS and for Google Play, Android. And uh, there's a link there. And you can also just hold up your phone right now. That makes it super easy. And uh, through the marvels of uh, modern video recording, we're going to go live to a phone that's on Lady Ada's desk. So let's see what's here. Okay, so um, I'm gonna launch my, uh, my Maxim app. Um, so yeah, Maxim told us, hey, check out this app, do a review, try it out, tell us what works, what's great, what isn't, and then also let everybody else know about it. So we're like, yeah. absolutely, we will do that. And bonus, if you watch this video, you're gonna get some free stuff. Now who doesn't love free stuff? Lots of free stuff to be had in this app. Um, one thing you will need before you can like do a whole bunch of stuff with the app, you don't need a Maxim account, but if you make a My Maxim account once you want to purchase or sample stuff, you'll wanna be logged in, which I've done here, which is why you'll see me just skip straight to like the checkout page. So um, let's start with the newsfeed. So this is kind of, to me, this is the most interesting because I really like seeing the NPIs, the new products that are coming um, from each chip manufacturer. Uh, so like I subscribed to their RSS feeds, or in this case, I subscribed to the news feed. Um, there's videos that you can play from within the app that demo the latest eval boards and latest chipsets. And there's like a lovely uh, eval engineer, a design engineer who will take you Hi, through the process. Hi, welcome to the design shop. Um, I I'm also Tony like that Henderson, there are closed captions on these, that's Today, I'm going to um, play the whole video, but feel value. free to check out. There's a couple different, there's like half a dozen different videos available with um, the latest eval board. So if you have like time to kill and you're like, I want to see what's the latest videos, check that out. Um, there's also app notes. So app notes are a really good way to um, get a sense of how to use the part in the most efficient way. In this case, um, you know, Maxim does a lot of medical and wearable, uh, you know, low power electronics. So um, this app note is about uh, quiescent current in buck and boost converters. And um, they kind of talk about you know, the history of buck converters and all that good stuff. And then um, you can see I can, using the pinch, I can zoom in. Um, the feature part for this app note is the Max uh, 17222, which is a pretty cool boost regulator because it can go down as low as 400 millivolts in, which is really nice. I mean, you can run it off of like a nearly dead AAA battery, which is or more than dead AAA battery. Um, so I'm interested in this part. Okay, so what do you do? Well, I just, I just point at it. I click it and it actually takes me to the Maxim 
website where I can then uh, do stuff like download the data sheet, um, and then you know I can I can look at the specs in more detail, like what the pinouts are and voltage in and current and quiescent all that. Um, I can check out um, more specs here. There's also like uh, you know, design simulators and stuff. Um, you can subscribe. So for that, you, you do have to log in, subscribe, and that way when there's updates to the product, uh, you will get notified. Um, I use this to get notified when there's new data sheet updates. Um, and then, of course, my favorite is uh, you can also order it. So um, from here, you can buy or sample. Now, I, for you know beginner engineers who don't know this, Maxim is great about sending free samples of chips. If you see a chip and you're like, I might want to use this, just get the sample now because it's free. They'll ship it to you in a couple days. You can get up to four pieces of each sample. And then when you're ready to use it in your design, you don't have to like dig around and try to find out like how to get the part, especially if it's out of stock somewhere. So I always recommend engineers sample as much as you want. I did when I was a student and like I saved hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Um, you can also purchase from here. Um, so that's you know like going from app note to product to sampling to purchasing. So that's you know one way to use the app. Um, other than the news feed, you can go to the main menu, and here there's kind of like everything it can do. Now we just showed you um, you know you can order parts um, through the product page. Uh, there's also like a hot link here. You can you know put in your your favorite uh, Maxim part, and um, you can purchase directly from here. So they'll give you detailed pricing, and then of course you can also sample. And remember I said there was free stuff that you could get. Well, there's this free analog toolkit, um, and there's a video about it. And I think it has the like 30 analog different analog components. There's like CAN bus and boost converters and isolators, all that stuff. This is free. If you register on the Maxim site and um, view a package option. through the app here, click sample. You'll have to log in with your account, of course, because they need to know your address and where to ship it. You can get this essentials kit for free. So look at all the free stuff you're getting. Free app, free stuff. Um, so uh, other than that, you can also uh, look for parts by type. Like for example, let's say I want to look for an audio amplifier. Um, they have some recommended ones. If you star these, like you hit that little star button, when you go to favorites, it shows up in your favorites. So that bottom right favorite star thing will let you quickly get to that part. This is good if you're using um, the smart selector, which is, you know, like on a website, normally on Maxim, you would say like, okay, well, you know, I want, um, let's see. Oops. I want to, you know, get a, a boost converter and then you filter and you say, well, you know, I have to make sure, you know, I can, I want it to take between like, you know, five volts and 2.5 volts. And I need it to give me, you know, at least three volts output. And I need about, uh, you know, 200 milliamps output. When you search and you get all your options, you might like star the ones as you're going through them. Um, and then, you know, look at them in detail later when you want to look at the data sheet. So like, just go through and like star which ones you want. So that's using the filter. And okay, so going back to the menu, um, there's also uh, the app feedback and contact us. So if you're using this app, it is new. If you see stuff you want to see improved, 
uh, click on the contact us to get more details. There's also a profile and a leaderboard. So the leaderboard, I think, like when you watch videos or order samples or look up data sheets, you get points. And like, hopefully if you like get to the top of the leaderboard, they give you more free stuff. But I don't know, I don't know what the, what the um, prizes are. But uh, you can uh, check out leaderboards and um, if you register, you'll, you'll be added if you'd like. So I think that's it. Oh wait, there's one more thing. I want to show the cross-references. So this is kind of handy. Um, sometimes I want a part that's similar to another part, um, but maybe it's like discontinued or like I want it for Maxim because I really like the Maxim quality. So let's say I want like a Maxim ADC and I'm used to using like the ADS series of um, ADCs. You can type in part of a uh, part number. So I don't type out the full part number. I just typed in like the first uh, five digits and I'll say, okay, well, you know, if you're using the ADS 1146, you know, you might be interested in the Max 1415. So this is kind of handy, especially like you, people who watch Descalade I know I say always get multiple sources for your components so if something happens to your supplier or it's unavailable the lead time is really long you have an alternative so this is a good tool um, for that and yeah I think that's it so check out the app don't forget to get the free stuff go to the toolkit register and get these I'm gonna click sample as soon as we're <laughs> done here I'm gonna get that free stuff I love free samples, and Maxim has an excellent, excellent sample policy and sample program, and it, it's what made me an engineer, believe me. Uh, I got a lot of uh, Max 232s when I was in college uh, to get started with my uh, microcontroller boards. So um, check out the app. It's free, available for Android or iOS. It was really easy. I installed it, and I'm going to get some free parts. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, all the best to Maxim to go. Thanks so much, Lady Ada. Yes. Thanks, Maxim. All right, special things, Maxim. Free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, you know what I like. Yeah, we also want to try that cool feature where we can show what's on a device while you're showing it off yeah. um, and not having to use an overhead, so we thought that was cool. That was very nice. Okay, um, and then uh, I wanted to, unfortunately, this was sad news. 2020 continues to uh, Suck. hurt. Um, so one of the things that we post up on our website is uh, what's going on on newsstands. We have a quote on our website and we say it a lot. We are what we celebrate. And a lot of times in our electronic world, when people see someone like Lamore or they see people like the folks who work at Adafruit, they can imagine themselves doing that or being at a high-tech company because we're a lot different than what's traditionally seen in you know tech and engineering so we have a really cool inclusive diverse company so when uh, black panther came out one of the things i did is i ran to the uh, newsstand and i wanted to pick up um and so this is it was february 11th 2018 and uh this is i think was the first time that there was an, a superhero an action hero um a black one on the cover of a magazine specifically time so it's like okay this is a big deal a lot of our team when we saw the movie and uh, he passed away on Friday so uh, Chadwick inspired uh, so many people through his passion through his art and uh, sad day but I just wanted to uh, say you know please go out and get colon cancer screen guys out there 
Get and, a flu shot. Yeah, and just, you know, it's 2020 is this is what it is. But um, he has a huge body of work that you can check out. Um, but he did so much. Yeah, and the uh, the idea that a little kid can see a superhero movie and say, I want to be that superhero, that's what Black Panther brought to a huge number of people where there, there, there just wasn't a diverse set of superheroes. So, anyways, um, you know, when we post, when we take these photos and we put them on our site of like magazine covers and stuff, there's lots of reasons. So I just, you know, I, I was like, you know, I thought because I, I have the magazine somewhere around here, um, and I'm just like, oh, you know, where was I when I bought it? And it was like, okay, I, my phone said it exactly. No, well, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. It either seems like yesterday or it seems like a million years. Yeah. Um, so more time travel news. Um, go to adafruit.com/vote. Just go there. Um, we don't tell you who to vote for. you got to figure that out for yourself. Um, but what There's we do local have... local elections. Yeah, what we do have... State because elections. yesterday was poll worker day. That's and right. um, here's one of the things that Adafruit does. We've been doing paid day off for voting for before other companies were doing it. We wanted it to be contagious and catchy. Um, you know, COVID's contagious and catchy, but not in a good way. Um, but we wanted to help encourage other companies to do it too. So we told our team, hey, a lot of people are going to be voting from from home, from doing mail-in ballots, but yeah. you, you could be a poll worker too. And then today I got to give a shout-out to the big companies that are doing stuff. So Old Navy is doing a paid day off for their um, employees. Wow. For the retail employees for too? Yeah, for being wow. a poll worker. So specifically to help out with the polls because in each state – that's one of the things that's needed. And so, the people who usually are poll workers are exactly the same elderly people, retired people that yeah. should not be in a room, even if it's outdoors or, or well ventilated, they should stay home and stay safe. So if, you know, you're a lot of people I know who watch these shows, um, you're able to work from home. And yeah. so, you know, talk to your team leader, your manager or your CEO and say, hey, I'm working from home anyways. I can take, you know, a four-hour break in the middle of the day, go help uh, po- work the polls, and I'll be back. Yeah. And it's something that you can do because you're, like, you're, you're going to be working at your local poll- polling station anyways. It's a, a great way to um, help keep this democracy going. There's, this is, this is what, who runs the polls. It's volunteer. It's yeah. all volunteer-based. So um, we have our resources, adafruit.com. We'll keep adding to them. We're, whatever, you know, we're helping out with our team in New York, we're putting that out there. For everyone, we also have national resources, so... Um, anyways, uh, you know, other companies, uh, glad it's not just Adafruit, glad it's other large organizations, I'm glad it's nationwide organizations. Civic engagement is good, no matter how or what you think about the candidates. It's cool. still It's still good to be involved. Um, all right, so other time travel stuff. We have a bunch of STEMA videos. We have some Machine Learning Monday, so I'm going to play these one after the, these little clips from Lady Ada, whatever she's working on. I kind of just bug her. I'm like, what are you working on? So let's play DC on the other side. Pretty much. Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm making a tester for the BrainCraft hat. Finally getting this board done. And I'm using a um, Metro M4 to test it out. There's all this hardware. And what I'm doing is um, I'm using the display on the BrainCraft hat to show the output. And then I'm programming the I2S amplifier with microphone on the BrainCraft hat hat to test itself. So what does that mean? Well, when I turn this on, you'll hear it's beeping. And that's actually I2S sine wave data being sent to the hat, playing out the speaker, 
and then I'm listening to the microphone input to make sure that the microphone when the speaker is on is louder than when it's off and that lets me test both the speaker and the microphone and then we've got some RGB LEDs here and I'm going to keep going and continue testing to get the headphone and stemma connectors tested next. Hey Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I finally unboxed my Arduino Portenta H7. This is a cool STM32 board and it's got this connector on it. What's up with the connector? This is an I2C connector. And we even stock a cable that lets you plug in any of our Stemma QT boards. So just uploading the Arduino code, you can get sensors and displays working. This is a little uh, accelerometer, gyro magnetometer orientation sensor. And I just upload the code to the Portenta and it works great and it works all our sensors. So what an easy way to expand your new Arduino Pro Portenta H7. Portenta plus Stemma, Portenta. And this is the cable. It's called the Arduino Maker to Stemma cable, available data for chop. What is this? Hey, these little motors might look familiar. This is an N20 size motor. These are pretty common in robotics. This motor is pretty cool though in that it has a built-in magnetic encoder on the back. Uh, and there's two Hall Effect sensors. You can see the two sensors on the side and the magnet, which is spinning. And then I can calculate the RPM dynamically by having two interrupt pins connected to the outputs of the Hall Effect sensor. This is really nice because you don't have to have an optical encoder, you don't have to deal with mounting it. It's a fully plug and play, all-in-one motor. So this is the demo that I'm getting ready and we're going to put this into the store soon. Hey, what is this? Hey, I'm trying out this new board that I just put together. It's an LTC 4311 I2C Active Terminator. You're probably wondering what that is that? Well, if you look at this oscilloscope, you'll see I'm driving this I2C bus at 800 kilohertz. And What's supposed to be a square wave is kind of like a shark wave. Um, and that's okay, you can always add more uh, resistance to pull-ups um, to make the resistors smaller, and so that can um, make the wave a little bit more square. But if you have really long cables, maybe there's a lot of capacitance and like you can't add more resistance. And so in that case, you could add one of these active terminators, and you'll see if I plug this in, and then you look at the oscilloscope, it does this like really cool active detection of when the I2C bus is being pulled up and turns it into a beautiful square wave. So this would be really good for very long I2C cables at running at very fast speeds. All right, we are an open source hardware company and coming up um, October, it's open He's hardware month. He's gonna be month. here real soon. Yeah, there'll be virtual events around the world and more and uh, we'll be publishing the next round of certifications yes. for our hardware. So, um, you know, back in the day, folks were like, oh, like I just, I see you got like a couple things in there. Why don't you certify more? And we're like, we're just busy making hardware. Yeah. So over um, during some of the shutdown, a lot of us were on site making PPE, doing medical device stuff when the city um, deemed us an essential business. Um, but we also had folks that we wanted them to get some stuff done that we just had on the back burner. So uh, Dylan, who's uh, back, he's a paid intern, will be uh, doing some other ones. So anything you see in adafruit.com slash new that's not in the open hardware certification list, out. it'll be there soon. So right now we're the number one company. Um, I think it's like 30 or 40% of the open hardware out there is from Adafruit, which is great. 
That's, what we, that's what we wanted. Inspire um, others. Share so, and remix. Yeah. So for y'all who are like, wow, you should really have some of these things certified. Now, how do Too you like many. us? Now it's like, hey, Stop. why is there so much Adafruit stuff in there? You're so, up here. I need you down here. Yeah. So all or nothing. Okay. Uh, when we commit to something, we commit to it. And speaking of committing. We got some guys. 2,280. Lady Ada, what's on the big board this week? Okay. This week we've got from Kevin Walters uh, a multi uh, page uh, rock, paper, scissors, clue game using Bluetooth, different ways of doing multi-device communication, and also you can play rock, paper, scissors. Uh, we also have a uh, guide from Noah and Pedro. The uh, Busy Box is an upgrade of their old on-air sign, but now it's more customizable, has NeoPixels and runs CircuitPython, so it's much easier. And, um, and then from, uh, I think from Natalie, that was last week, but why not say it again? We have um, a French... Uh, translation of the uh, what is MakeCode? So MakeCode plus Circuit Python. Um, there's a guide now translated into French for the francophones out there, or francophiles just want to practice their French reading, and also practice their Circuit Playgrounds and MakeCodes. And that's the guide for this week. All right, I have some breaking news. Just like last week. What? Um, thank you so much. www.nsf um, said, I'm unsealing my voter registration, just moved here, filled it out. That's going to mail tomorrow and checking yes to being a poll worker volunteer. Every week. Two for two. Two. Yeah, last week, week. Last week, uh, another person did. And these are just folks who tell us, you know, live on the show and everything. A couple of people also emailed us. But this Thank is how we you. do stuff. Yay. Yeah, we're like, you know, why leave all the civic engagement to the talking heads on TV? Why can't it just be other folks that uh, get some of the glory. If you of want the, to shout out on the show, uh, of the, yeah, of the yeah. like, yay voting thing. Yeah. Um, why should it just be the talking heads? It's not just I voted. It's like I helped other people vote. Oh, also like you know, this is an engineering thing too. There's like machines and there's lines and there's all sorts of observations that uh, you'll have. And uh, make no mistake, we're all going to remember this year. So not, not a bad year to consider doing it. So main New York City factory footage. Got some stuff going on here at Data Factory. Feeders. Yeah, some testers. We're testing out the Featherwing Relay board and how we test it, make sure that it works. Doing some rework, cleaning up these pads here. Stuff coming out of the oven. Doop, doop. Doesn't usually come out this fast. Yes, yeah, it sped up a little bit. I wish it did. That would be great. Looks we're, like it's we're, we're uh, fast. Trellis boards. And uh, not too long ago, we blew a fuse 
And uh, it's not like the normal ones that go out in your home where you just flip the breaker. This is a massive fuse. These are pretty big. And so, uh, you know, it happens once in a while. And it spares. And so, like, all good. This is it 300? Curious engineers. 300 volt. Yeah. He said, let's, oh, 400 uh, amp or something. Who knows what it let's is? Let's crack it 275 open. 275 amp. Look at, you can tell when this fuse was, uh, left replaced. Yeah. That's great. Nice, so, nice label there. Yeah, from the, it was around during the last pandemic. I know. <laughs> and, uh, wouldn't be Adafruit factory footage without some time lapses. Summer outside, some beautiful weather. The fall is here. The summer is over. And, uh. Here's the construction going on across the street. So Baby Yoda show, uh, Mandalorian is coming up again next season. And this is the Disney building that they're building across the street from Adafruit. So I like to imagine this has something to do with that, but it doesn't. Okay, 3D printing. No, Pedro, 3D printing up storm. Um, we got two videos that we're gonna show back to back. One is the busy box which you can make yourself. Everyone's doing, you know, video stuff from home now. Even if you're a student, Zooms, if you're working, yeah. you're meeting. So uh, we have that. It's a helpful project. And then we have a speed up of a uh, 3D printed dagger. Those two go together, by the way. You can say, I'm busy. And then if someone comes in, uses a 3D printed dagger. Okay, see you on the other side. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're making an on-air sign using NeoPixels and CircuitPython. We were inspired by the BusyBox interruption signs, so we designed and 3D printed our own enclosure. We designed it to have swappable faceplates so the front cover can easily come off. We used black LED acrylic for the faceplates so it evenly diffuses the NeoPixels. We made a few different covers and vinyl cut the decals so they look really nice. The slide switch is built into the side of the enclosure so you can easily turn it on and off. It runs off a LiPo battery so it can be mounted to our door without any dangling cables. The code for this project uses the LED animation library for CircuitPython. It uses the pixel map helper to create an 8x2 grid which is used for the comet animation. The animation sequence allows you to cycle through different effects so you can get a nice assortment of colors and animations. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. We designed the parts to be 3D printed without any support material using our favorite PLA filament. The two strips of NeoPixels are wired to an Adafruit feather along with the slide switch. Be sure to check out the learn guide for full step-by-step -step tutorial on building this project. We printed out a template for cutting the faceplates out of a sheet of black LED acrylic. I started by scoring the paper backing using an X-Acto knife. I used a metal ruler on a cutting mat and made sure to be extra careful. To cut the acrylic, I used a scoring tool that's specifically made for cutting acrylic. I made sure to score several times before snapping off the pieces. Once I was about halfway through, I put it near the edge of the table and snapped off the piece. I repeated this process so that I could make a few different designs. I used a vinyl cutter with some matte black vinyl to create the signs. I cut pieces of transfer tape to size and carefully placed them over the vinyl. Using a squeegee, I start from the center and work my way outwards so that I can knock out any air bubbles. I tend to peel slowly, especially for intricate designs with small pieces. 
I made sure to wipe the acrylic clean with a bit of alcohol before sticking it to the faceplate, using the squeegee once again to knock out those pesky air bubbles. Then I proceeded to peel off the transfer tape and lastly remove the protective paper backing. I found the matte black vinyl works the best for masking out the LEDs. The 3D printed enclosure is pretty modular and the parts can be printed relatively quickly. The front and the back covers snap fit onto the frame so it's pretty easy to put together and take apart. I plan to use this a whole lot and I really hope this inspires you to check out CircuitPython. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. week mm -hmm. and more um tune in wednesdays at 11 all right lady at a time that's right digikey and adafruit bring you dun, dun, dun. Hi, on this week it's from digilent the national instruments company they make all sorts of good stuff What's the new product introduction of this week, Lady Ada? I'm glad you asked. Well, first off, I want to note, check out this. First off, this Digilent logo is really cool. It looks just like that triangle under the INMPI. So. Yeah. We like Maybe it's coincidence? We like triangles, and uh, we like INMPI. So it's got like a Mobius thing going on there. Yeah. Okay, so Digilent makes all sorts of modules and test equipment for makers and students. Um, uh, National Instruments also does the same, and Digilent's kind of like the hardware branch. Um, and... This is an NPI that I saw pop up on digikey.com slash new, which I recommend you bookmark and visit. You visit adafruit.com slash new and then digikey.com slash new once a week to get all the NPIs. So this week Sometimes it's, more than once a week. Maybe every day. This week it's the digital discovery board from Digilent. And um, if you're familiar with the analog, the, sorry, analog discovery board, uh, you know that that's like an oscilloscope waveform generator. This is, as you expect, a digital logic analyzer version. And it's like jam-packed with capabilities. So um, inside, there's a, a Xilinx Spartan FPGA. And that's what lets it do like all the high-speed stuff. There's a little bit of power on the top right. And there's a lot of pins. So um, compared to other logic analyzers, first off, the price is really good. It's about 200 bucks. You get a lot. It's a 32-channel digital logic analyzer uh, from 1.2 to 3.3 volt logic. Eight channels are at 800 mega samples per second. 16 channels could be at 400 mega samples per second, and all 32 channels can be at um, 
200 mega samples per second. So you get like 32 channels of digital input, which is very rare to see in a logic analyzer under $1,000. Uh, there's a 16-channel virtual, um, uh, sorry, there's a 16-channel panel generator, uh, 100 mega samples per second, so it's outputs, not inputs. Uh, there's a 16-channel virtual digital I.O., including button switches and LEDs. Um, so you can, I think, use that through the application. Uh, there's a programmable logic supply from 1.2 to 3.3 volts at 100 milliamps. Um, so you can use that to power your circuitry as well. Um, and uh, it comes in a nice case. There's an FT232 that does the USB uh, 2.0 interface. Um, and on the bottom, you can just see all the, the passive circuitry. So it's a nice little board. It's very cute. And it's got these through-hole connections for the logic. Um, as I mentioned, this one does not do analog inputs and outputs. If you want that, you want the analog discovery. The digital discovery, however, is excellent if you have digital circuitry protocols or devices that you want to analyze or simulate. Um, there's on the front a high-speed port, and you can see there's like data and ground interleaved. Um, you can use this port for up to 800 mega samples per second or four, uh, 400 mega samples per second, but you'll need the high-speed add-on. So that's why there's two products on DigiKey. One has the high-speed port adapter and one doesn't. And then on the side, there are two kind of lower-speed um, eight-port connections, uh, two power, two grounds, and then eight pins on either side. So a lot of I.O. Um, you may realize, of course, it doesn't have a screen on it, like a, you know, a desktop logic analyzer, because instead you're going to use software. There's free software called Waveforms from Digilint. Uh, it's available for Mac, Windows, and Linux, um, as well as ARM. So that's like for a Raspberry Pi. So this is a really great pairing if you want to make like a little logic analyzer station uh, with a Raspberry Pi. You can do that. You can also just download the free software and run it on your desktop computer. You just have to register on the website to do the download install it and that's it so that's kind of nice and then the software of course is like really advanced we'll get into that one thing i will say is um digital has a lot of neat tutorials and walkthroughs and i really recommend going through them because the software is incredibly powerful so i checked out their blog and like here's a tutorial on how to analyze um, an old nes controller like how do these old nes controllers send data well, it's a shift register, but maybe you want to find out for your own. So um, they go through how to wire up and analyze protocols, which is very important because there's so many things you can do with the software. I felt like you, you really need to go through the tutorials to get a sense of what you can do. Because if you don't know you can do something, like I didn't know you could do like device simulation or like data export, these guys will help you out. So check out the Digilint site for, and the blog for tutorials. Um, one thing that was kind of neat is there's just like a scripting language built in. So you can script the inputs and outputs. You can do analysis. You can output like output the data that you're reading from the logic analyzer um, to files or like back out to different outputs. Um, so it's very powerful. And they have a couple scripting examples as well. So I just want to mention um, it's, it's something that I didn't look at in detail, but it seems like you can do a lot with it. So I think if you are ever stuck in a situation where you're like, I have a very complicated project and I'm willing to put some time into developing a script to help me debug it, um, this would be very useful. So uh, keep an eye out for that. You may not use it immediately, but I think eventually you would. Um, there's also a lot of built-in protocol analyzers. So that's really handy, right? Like I used to, I tend to use logic analyzers for debugging SPI or I squared C or UART. I want to see the data that's coming through uh, to see if it's matching what I'm expecting. Or sometimes I'm sniffing an existing product because I'm trying to analyze what the protocol is. 
So there's all these built-in uh, protocol signal analyzers like SPI, HDMI, OneWire, I2S, so all the popular stuff. So that's good. Um, and then, you know, I wired it up to a chip I was analyzing. I turned on the I2C. And here you go. You get, you know, the clock, the data, and then at the top, the decoded hexadecimal data being written in red, as well as um, the I2C write or read flag on the address. So, you know, it's basically like any logic analyzer in that extent. There's also an event pane. So, you know, you can see the data coming through at the top with like all the signals. But if you want to just like, you're like, I don't care about like the rise time and fall time. I actually just want to see the raw data. You can open up the event panel um, and it'll give you all the data with timestamps of when the event for the protocol analyzer occurred. And then finally, you can export it um, in this case uh, to a CSV file for additional parsing. Or again, you can use one of those scripts if you want to I'll put it into a particular format. Um, but this is basically what I use when I'm analyzing something. It's like, you know, what what data is being written. Uh, in this case, you can see where the acts are, uh, where the starts, um, and the timestamps, so I can see how long it takes for it to respond. So that's kind of handy. Um, there's also, like, you know, this was kind of interesting. There's like a framework that you can use to uh, script it in Python. Um, so this was an example that I looked at that you would write, um, you would use Python code as an external application to use the logic analyzer to simulate an LCD display. I thought this was interesting because I never thought of using a logic analyzer as a simulator, but I could see there's some situations where you can model the, the device you're trying to probe and then create a model in Python and then have your hardware instead of interfacing like your microcontroller, microprocessor, instead of interfacing with the literal hardware, you can interface with the simulator instead. So this is kind of neat. I haven't seen this in any other uh, logic analyzers. Um, and finally, um, there are, in addition to those scripts, there are examples for like parsing the data out and actually giving you like more like logical data. So uh, the ADXL345 is, you know, very popular um, accelerometer, I squared C and SPI. So um, um, check out the blog post, I have a link to it. There's a tutorial on how you can use the built-in analyzer to like, you can see it's, it's writing to the device through the logic analyzer and giving you outputs. You can kind of use it as like a scriptable microcontroller. So it's a very powerful logic analyzer. I'll say that. It's like you're, you get a lot. There's a lot you can do. I spent a couple of hours with it, and I felt like there was so much stuff that I didn't get to try out. Um, the thing that I think really makes it stand out is the price. Can't beat it. Like for like 200 bucks, um, something that plugs into USB, works on any platform um, with free software, just works and has um, up to 32 channels at over 100 mega samples per second. They can't be beat. There's nothing else that comes close. Um, there's also a ton of tutorials and documentation and the software is fully featured. So you're gonna get something very, very powerful, um, but it does take a little bit of time to get used to it. So if you, if you pick up one of these digital discoveries, I say give yourself like a day or two to sit down and really try everything out. I think you'll, uh, with experience and practice, you'll be able to use the tool very efficiently and uh, pick up an analog discovery and pair them together. So you basically have a full EE bench for a couple hundred bucks and it doesn't even take up any desk space. And uh, we grabbed the video from Digilent. Um, it's four minutes, but it's worth it. So we're gonna play it. Yeah. Uh, it kind of has an overview of just about all the things. Uh, like VGA decoding, like this is so cool. Like it can yeah. do real, it can do HDMI decoding. 
like really, really advanced stuff. All right, so take it away, Digilent. See you on the other side. Hi, I'm Caitlin, and I'm excited to announce the Digital Discovery, the ultimate embedded development companion. Its features and specifications were chosen deliberately to maintain a small and portable form factor, withstand use in a variety of environments, and keep costs down, all while balancing the requirements of operating on USB power. It packs a lot of performance into a small USB-powered instrument, more than any device in its class. The closest competitor has half the channels at more than twice the price. It has a 32-channel logic analyzer, a 16-channel pattern generator, 16 digital inputs and outputs, a four-channel power supply, and a protocol analyzer for analyzing SPI, I2C, and UART. It can reach sample rates of up to 800 megasamples per second and is still small enough to fit in your pocket. We took the form factor and the FPGA of the highly popular Analog Discovery 2 and created a device just for digital signals. The Digital Discovery has 32 digital signals, including 16 high-speed inputs and 16 digital input-output pins. When configured as inputs, they become a powerful 32-bit logic analyzer. When configured as outputs, they become a customizable 16-channel pattern generator. For projects that require SPI, I2C, or UART, the pins can be configured to send, receive, and analyze data in the protocol analyzer. The logic analyzer was designed to optimize user experience and specifications, so the user can choose between 8 channels at 800 megasamples per second, 16 channels at 400 megasamples per second, and 32 channels at 200 megasamples per second. It provides single and bus channels for analyzing SPI, I2C, UART, CAN, and more. It is important to note that in order to achieve sample rates higher than 200 megasamples per second, the high-speed adapter and high-speed logic probes must be used. There's also a 16-channel pattern generator that can generate clocks, pulse, counters, random data, and many other common digital signals. The pattern generator also includes a custom pattern feature that can allow you to create any digital pattern with 100 megasamples per second and 50 megahertz bandwidth. In addition to sending isolated input or output signals, the protocol analyzer allows you to send signals where you might need a combination of both. The protocol analyzer provides built-in SPI, I2C, and UART functionality, able to be customized to read, write, or execute combined read-writes. The user programmable power supplies can offer between 1.2 and 3.3 volts and are available to power user circuits. They can be set to any value in that range and can each provide up to 100 milliamps of current. Most circuit connections use simple jumper wires, making it easy to use with breadboarded circuits. If your application requires higher speed signals, the high-speed adapter is available as an optional add-on at checkout. The Digital Discovery offers the best balance of cost, performance, and customizability of any device in its class. But without equally powerful software, it wouldn't be much use. The totally free Waveforms 2015 software package unlocks the hardware performance and brings digital analysis to your USB-connected Windows, Linux, or Apple computer. In addition to the logic analyzer, pattern generator, protocol analyzer, digital I.O., and power supplies we've discussed in this video, the digital discovery also comes with a scripting interface that can allow you to create customized solutions to more complex problems. Cross-triggering is also supported, and data can be easily exported into Word, Excel, and other tools. But enough talk, let's show the digital discovery in action. In this example, I'll be using the script editor in conjunction with the logic analyzer and power supplies to decode VGA signals into an actual image. On the monitor, I'll have a simple game of tic-tac-toe that'll save as an image. I'm outputting the same VGA signals that come out of the VGA connectors into these two PMOD ports. 
and since this application requires sample rates higher than 200 megasamples per second, I've attached the high-speed adapter. Now all I need to do is run the script, wait a few moments, and open the image that Waveforms 2015 has saved. Essentially, this device provides a whole suite of advanced features for you to analyze, view, and debug your digital signals for embedded projects, and it fits in your pocket. So go to our website to check out this exciting new project. For reference material, including a reference manual, getting started guide, and tutorials, check out the wiki. Subscribe to stay up to date to Digitalance products and services. Thanks for watching! And you wanted to show this off. I on thought the, just uh, quick, right yeah. Now, yeah. So this is the. Uh, this it's a pretty nice build. Um, got the FPGA in the center. Got some buffer memory, USB interface, power circuitry, and then um, like a ton of gold-plated pins uh, with protection circuits and buffers on this bottom. So yeah, for for what you're getting, um, it's a great deal. I think it's a it's an excellent. Uh, logic analyzer that can do a ton. It will last you like a decade easily. All right. All right. Thank and you. With that, is I on MPI this week? Hi on MPI. Okay. And speaking of new product introductions, it's now time for us to do new products. All right, um, place your orders now. Uh, we're shipping on uh, Monday, it's holiday, so get your orders in as soon as you can. Monday, the uh, carrier services are mostly closed, so your order wouldn't go until Tuesday, but order now, it'll go out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, first up, it's Coming Hackspace soon. Magazine, coming soon, you can sign up. Uh, we're getting a batch of these. The reason is uh, we wanted some to uh, give to our team, because it's the feather cover, Discover Feather, and it's also um, from our friends. Over at Hackspace. Yay. So it's coming soon. Next up. Okay. Wires. Not just any wire. Rainbow wires. Um, I love wire wrapping wire for, you know, bodge wiring or, like, fixing up or just, like, wearables or whatever. So this wire wrap wire is uh, super thin. It's a 30-wire gauge, and you get eight colors. So, like, normally you have, like, one color in this, like, gigantic spool, but then what if you have, like, multiple different... Uh, connections you want to make. Well, what's really nice is that this comes with um, multiple colors. So you get a red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, brown, black, and I don't know if I missed one, but basically eight total. Um, it's all the standard colors. Uh, it's 30 gauge solid core. It's easy to solder to. It's easy to work with. So um, this is now my favorite new wire wrapping wire because like I cut off a different color each time. So I don't have like six blue wires. I'm like, which one is data? Which one's power? It's like much, much easier. Uh, with one spool, you only need one spool. Okay, next up. Okay, next up these adorable little PIR sensors. Oh, they're so cute. Um, this little PIR sensor is interesting. It's a fully integrated PIR module, but like in a tin. Um, so normally you get like a PIR module that has like the, the you know, infrared sensor and there's like a lens and then there's circuitry and then there's a logic level adjust and all that good stuff. So it's really interesting about these PIRs is first off, there's two, uh, there's one on the left with the BL412, that's a, the large um, window. And then the one on the right is the BS412, narrower, smaller window. So like I tried both, they both seem to work pretty well, but I know yeah. if people have preference, I you know, decided to carry both. So what's neat is you can see here on this demo, you only need power and ground 
And then a third pin is like on time, like how long the output stays high. Uh, in this case, I've just grounded it. That's the third block wire. And then an output pin that goes high when it detects something. And that's it. I mean, like there's no additional circuitry required. It runs off of three volts. So just make sure you're powering it off of three volts. Don't give you three volt logic. Um, but they're really simple. They're really inexpensive and they're really small. Then I don't have the range and flexibility of the larger modules, but there's something just adorable about like, you just give it power and ground and the signal comes out and that's it. Maybe you have a resistor uh, to set the on yeah. time, but it's like very most easy. projects, this is going to work out fine. Yeah. For most projects, yeah. this is great. And then if you need to upgrade to like the larger PIR sensor, you can. Um, so good for like, you know, three to five meters distance. And we give you a little lens cap that I think gives you like either a hundred or 120, um, uh, degree range. Yeah. All right. Next up. Next up, a whole bunch of SMA and RPSMA through hole connectors. We've had the SMT versions of these connectors, but, uh, some folks were like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing through hole. This is a common, uh, pinout kind of connector for um, RF work. It's good for any frequency. Yeah, I got a few here. So you got a couple different ones. You've got the right angle, so that's this one. Yeah. And this is the SMA version. And then uh, I think uh, yeah, this is the, the straight, so up and down. And then we also have an RPSMA one, uh, right angle. So RPSMA is usually used for uh, Wi-Fi oh, connectors. Oh, so just check the polarity of your cable. Um, these are really generic. Uh, we found uh, CAD file, you know, every CAD platform seems to have a, a package for like generic through-hole um, SMA connector for RF. Okay, next up. Great. Next up, uh, new from Fab, uh, somebody emails and said, hey, you have the NPM 3610 buck converter to three volts at one amp. Why don't you do it for five volts? I'm like, yeah, you're right. Why don't I? So we made a five volt version. Uh, which has the resistor set for 5-volt output. So what's really nice is this is a fully integrated buck converter, so that big you know, rectangle in the center. That contain, contains the circuitry and the inductor, as well as, of course, the, the transistor, uh, to, to switch the higher voltage down to the lower voltage. You can give it up to 21 volts, which is really nice. A lot of uh, buck converters don't go that high. They often top out at like 9 or 12 volts. This one goes up to 21. So like you're, you're not going to run out of volts. You get all the volts in the world. And it'll give you five volts out, nice and clean, and up to 1.2 amps. Although you can kind of push it a little bit, you can sometimes get a little bit more. Um, and that's like, you know, constant current draw. You could probably spike a little bit as well. It's inexpensive, it's small, it's light, and the inductor is integrated, so you don't have to worry about it cracking. So it's a great little buck converter if you want five volts out. And of course, we also have the three volt version if you want one of those. Next up. Next up is the robot from Electfreaks. This is the cute bot, and it's cute. This cute bot is uh, designed to be used with a micro bit. Uh, we'll also be writing some code to make it work with a clue, but pretty much anything that has a micro bit, you know, plug and play shape. Um, it's very, very capable robot. It's not too expensive. It's like 30 bucks or so. Uh, you, all you need is three AAA batteries. It comes with a sonar sensor. You plug the micro bit in and it even has a booklet and online tutorials that will take you through making your own little robot with obstacle avoidance, line following, um, you know, uh, there's an infrared remote reader on the back. I thought maybe I would actually show off some of this on the overhead because there's, there's a lot going on with this robot. So, okay. So it doesn't come with a AAA battery, so you'll need to include those. I'm using uh, rechargeables, you can use alkalines. Um, you can just use any micro bit and plug it in 
here, there's an on-off switch in the back. Um, in this case, I just have it kind of rolling around. There's uh, some LEDs. This is a line following sensor on the bottom here. Um, and it has these debug LEDs, so when I cover up the line sensor, uh, it lets you know. Um, this is a ultrasonic distance sensor, so you can use this um, you know, to keep it from uh, rolling into a wall or uh, bumping into a hand. There's two RGB LEDs here. Turn this off. Two RGB LEDs here, two NeoPixels on the bottom, CuteBot, uh, two Metal Gear N20 motors that can uh, be speed controlled. Um, infrared receiver is on the back here, so you can uh, use an infrared remote to control it. And um, there's some headers here for connecting additional sensors like power ground, uh, you know, switches or servos or what have you. Um, there's a port for the sonar, and the sonar comes uh, pre-assembled, so you just plug it in. And then there's also an I2C port, so you can add additional sensors if you'd like. Um, the booklet it comes with um, is for MakeCode, so it's really easy. It's for beginners. Um, just go through the lessons. You can uh, use the display to display stuff. You can read sensor data. You can turn on lamps. Um, it's a kind of a cute little book. And uh, it, the text is also online, so you can, if, you know, if you're stuck with something, you can go online and just copy and paste the code. It also comes with a, um, this is kind of uh, common, it's a line-following uh, practice sheet. So you unfold it, you put the robot on it, and you write the line-following example, and the robot follows the line if you did a good job. So it's a cute bot. It's very cute. I do want to mention it doesn't come with a micro bit or batteries. We do stock those, but you'll have to um, get them separately. Comes with just the bot. Cable. Next up, cable. Uh, it, it's a cute cable. It's uh, a JST PH two pin to two pin cable. Same polarity on both sides. If you're using this with, you know, we have it for uh, use with our um, LiPo fuel gauge. In this case, we want something to plug into the LiPo and then, you know, it to like, like chain onto some other device. So this is good if you want to like jumper between two JST uh, PH connectors. Uh, it's 100 millimeters long, very simple, easy to use cable. So that's the cable. All right, the start of the show tonight, besides you lady to our community, our customers, and our team is? The LC709203. So many digits and letters. Um, but this is a very nice little fuel gauge and battery monitor chip. Um, I like this one because it doesn't do coulomb counting. Um, it's it's simple, it's inexpensive, but it doesn't it require a resistor in line. So it just looks at the voltage of the battery. You tell it how big the battery pack is in uh, milliamp hours, and um, it will then be able to use the voltage that has like the kind of standard LiPo derating de curve, like between voltage and percent full. Um, and it will tell you both the voltage, it's just a basic, analog digital conversion, and also the percent full. You can also do uh, thermistor readings. if you There's a thermistor pin if you'd like. It can set an alert if the voltage goes above or below a certain level. Um, you can just daisy chain it with um, any LiPo battery. So in this case, I just have a, 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 a 1,200 milliamp hour battery. It's plugged into um, the STEM QT board here. And then I daisy chained using that handy cable that I just showed you into a feather. So now I've got the feather um, running some example code. It's uh, using um, 
this chip to read the voltage and percentage. And so now it's like, hey, you know, you can see it's updating once a second. It's like you're at about 3.7 volts, which is, uh, you know, th uh, one third of the way. And then if I can grab hold on, this cable, I can show you that, you know, while you're charging, you can also uh, monitor it. So now we're gonna see um, this voltage slowly creep up as it gets charged. I'm not gonna wait till it gets to 100% because it's gonna take a while. Um, it's really easy to use, it's just I squared C, so um, it's a, a simple protocol. We've got both Arduino and uh, Python code to use with it. So you can, um, what I like about it is there's a lot of times where people are like, hey, I have a microcontroller project or a Raspberry Pi or a microcomputer project. I just want to monitor my battery. Right? I don't want a full ADC, I don't want to do the math, I just want to know how good is my battery life right now. Um, this chip does the job uh, very affordably and very simply. So um, just daisy chain it with any single cell light poly or lithium ion battery, run the code, and uh, you can monitor your battery with ease. Yeah, tune in to our upcoming show, Lady It Charges Things. Yes. And uh, it's just basically this for... It's very zen. Six or seven hours. At well, a time. maybe after you know we do a couple more things, we'll come back and we'll check in on this and see if it's uh, charged up some more. But it did go sure. up. It's now at three point eight volts. There you go. Okay. All right, and with that, Lady Ada is. New, 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 new. Okay, we got through the news. Okay, so um, go over to Discord and start putting in your questions. Adafruit.it/discord. Join our 24,000 of us. Some people have already put in some questions. I'll try to scroll back, get those, but it's okay to put them back in. We're going to go look over that in a couple seconds. But for right now, we're going to do Top Secret. Yeah. Top Secret this week. We have some things that aren't out from the Adafruit Vault. Lady Ada, what in. is out for us? Okay, so... But don't ask. Don't ask about it. Um, so last week, I picked up a Seedwino shawl. And I thought, this is really cute. And it was inspired me to go back to an old design I had where I, I made a trinket with a Stemma QT connector on the end, but I, I never quite finished it because it was like bigger than a trinket. And I, was, and I kind of messed around with it, but I wasn't happy. I didn't want to make mm. it double-sided. Um, so this is got the same pinout and shape as uh, the Seed Shout. It's got USB-C, a SAMD21, a regulator. Um, it's also got a reset button because I really like reset buttons. And it's got a Stemma QT connector, so you can plug and, and in. And it's USB-C. It's got mm. USB-C. It's a nice and board. it's got a NeoPixel. So I just got this going. So there's a little, uh, it's a very tiny but extremely bright uh, RGB It's cute. Neopixel. Runs, runs Python. Runs Python. Mm. It's uh, getting started. So this is my first revision. I just did this right before the show. I put this together. It's got castellated pads. So um, I think it'll be a nice addition to the miniature CircuitPython and Arduino SAMD21 boards. And I, I always wanted a little board that had a STEMI QT connector. Yeah. It's a good addition now that we've got 50 boards. Cool. All right, and with that, back to the vault. Okay, don't ask. But maybe I'll show it off next week. Okay, let's Python do day. some uh, questions. Let's go over to the chat. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few. Um, first up, uh, can this, the gauge thing that you showed off, yes. can that be uh, used for primary lithium battery chemistries? Um, well, here's the thing. You can use it for any battery, but the calculation won't be correct, right? Because if your battery is 3 volts and 
uh, maximum, and that's 100%, it'll give you the voltage, but it won't be able to calculate the percentage. The percentage is really tuned uh, for LiPo batteries and lithium-ion batteries only. Okay, question. LC709203F, any guess on the power consumption? It's really, really small. Um, it can go into, it goes into like an ultra-low power sleep mode. Um, it's it's very, very little. It's designed to be used in battery packs, so it doesn't consume a lot of power. However, I don't want to give you a number because I, I don't know if it's like nanoamps or microamps. Um, either way, there, there's an LED, but the LED is powered from um, the microcontroller power, not the battery power. And you can also cut the trace on the back if you don't want the LED. It had absolutely no um, LED current consumption. Okay. Any recommendations for a contact sensor like touch sensors, but between two objects, want something as flat as possible? Um, if one of them is magnetic, you can use a magnetic sensor. That'll tell you how close they are together because you can read the magnetic field. Okay. Um, well... Since Scott's asking, maybe it's okay. Wait, what? Uh, does it have SPI flash? It does not. It's like a trinket. Got it. Question. Uh, what would I need to design a LoRa concentrator PCB from scratch? Um, well, here's the thing. If you don't need eight channels, you can just use any of our LoRa breakouts, and we've got tutorials on how to you know, make a, a LoRa gateway on a Raspberry Pi uh, for a single channel. If you need eight channels... You kind of need one of the special, like, chips that can do it. There's only, like, ones like the SX1801 or something. Uh, and not inexpensive. It's about the same price you just kind of get a ready-to-go Raspberry Pi LoRa concentrator. Okay. Uh, some good feedback. Yes, they like the small boards with the stem connector. It will be in their collection when it comes out. Someone suggested a name, the Adafruit Meow. Um, it, it already has a name. Yeah. But Meow is cute. I, I like Meow, but yeah. it's not... Um, keep, how, keep much, how much feature overlap is there between the analog discovery and the digital discovery if one uh, was going to get both? There's almost no feature overlap because one does logic analyzing and one does um, analog okay. input. So you, you would not use them for the same thing. All right. Looks like you answered Luca's question already. So we got that. Um, do you sell Hackspace yearly subscriptions? It looks about 120 per year, but includes circuit playground express to their website. We don't sell the subscriptions. Go to hackspace.org. And get the subscriber, I think at hackspace.cc, yeah. um, and get those. Uh, is that why there are a lot of one cell light bulbs that have four wires coming out? Those batteries have one of these fuel cell chips on it? No, usually they do not have a fuel cell chip. Um, there's four pins because one's power, one's ground, and then either you have two pins for thermistor. So there's a thermistor input on this board that you can wire up to that third or fourth pin to read the temperature to make sure you're not. Uh, charging it while it's getting too hot so that allows you to do quick charging without overcharging um, or there is a security chip inside of it that basically that's the thing that makes it so you can only use official battery charger uh, batteries in a device um, so you'll see that for like some high-end electronics like you can't use any battery you have to use an official one can you use mechanum wheels on a cubot you know those um you it wouldn't make any sense because you I'll need to have you, would, yeah. you have a you need four wheels for mechanum wheels to yeah. really do their thing, which is yeah. like technically you, they would be wheels and they'd be on it, but, you, but, you but could, they wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could adapt, find an adapter from N20 to the mechanum wheels, but like because it would yeah. stick out, I, I would just stick with these wheels. All right, any recommendations for getting started in RF engineering and RF design? Um, I think Happy Day has a Happy Day U on that. Okay. Maybe check that out. Next up, the LiPoly Lion fuel gauge says to use with a single cell battery. Can we use a balanced lithium ion pack like the three cell 660 uh, mega 
amp or two cell uh, 400 megamp hour lithium ion packs. You you can. What I mean is it, it doesn't go over 3.7 volts. Like don't use it with a 7.4 volt pack. Okay, there's a request for a footprint for SPI flash on the bottom of the uh, Adafruit Meow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's space. It's a really, it's very, very compact. Um, I might just uh, upgrade to a different chip or something if I make yeah. a, a bigger version. All right. Okay, and then one question I started to answer a little bit in the chat before. Yeah. Someone said, um, why don't you just manufacture everything in China? And the answer is, um, I think that it's been a couple decades of people thinking, oh, if you want something manufactured, you have to send it to China. Um, turns out you can get the same machines that they use to manufacture things in China. We have them. You can check our website. We have pick-and-place machines. We have reflow ovens. Yeah. We have selective solders. And um, I would say for some type of products, yeah, it might be more cost-effective. Now, um, we're loan-free, venture capital-free in New York City, woman-owned company. Basically, we have everything against us. Um, and I can tell you, it is more cost-effective to manufacture some things in the U.S. And a lot of those things happen to be things that Adafruit makes. So we have a pretty large amount of lots of different little things where I would say something like an iPhone. Um, that's why you probably don't see iPhones being made in the U.S. right now because there's such a giant supply chain for all the things that have to go into it. Yeah. Where we can get all of the parts that we need, the labor. Um, we even pay people really good salaries. We have 401ks. We have all this stuff. So it really depends. And um, don't take our word for it. Just look at the fact that we exist. So if we can make it, others can. But I would say the type of companies that can manufacture in the U.S. are probably going to be um, Adafruit-like in some way. So there's a lot of manufacturers in the U.S. that you don't see and hear about because they manufacture stuff for the government. So the government needs to buy stuff from the U.S. So you don't hear about that. You know, there's like giant buildings somewhere um, in the Midwest that are manufacturing. Well, what do you think they're making in there? They're probably making like circuit boards for defense contracting and stuff like that. Um, so a lot of the manufacturing in the U.S. is that. But if you think about it, those are basically breakout boards too. Yeah. And those are things. So there's companies like uh, Parallax, SparkFun, Pololu, Adafruit, and others who make a variety of uh, things that it makes sense for us to do. I understand that there are things. Uh, as, I'll give you another example. So Digi or DJI, they they basically make a flying iPhone. It's a drone. Yeah. So not only is that very difficult to make here in the U.S., our friend Chris Anderson uh, tried to do uh, manufacturing of drones, not only in the U.S. but I believe abroad. Um, but there's so many like regulatory things and different things that went into that particular company and product where China was subsidizing and has subsidized mm -hmm. other companies to get manufacturing going. So uh, we haven't received anything like that. So it is hard. We are playing the video game on hard level, um, but it is possible. And, you know, like I said, the fact that we're alive and exist means it is. Um, we're certainly not doing this as charity. Um, except we do have charity. Yeah, we do. Um, but the company itself, we please go to the store and... Uh, Adabot will put on a mask and uh, ship your order out. That's right. Okay. Other questions that may have came in. Uh, all right. Um, oh, this is very nice. You guys have everything going on for you. You guys are using all the things that people consider weaknesses and strengths. Yeah. We have love. A, that's the jujitsu way of doing it. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that you'd think that were a disadvantage, but I would say um, if, if you look at things through um, a lens of, of hope and making the world better, sometimes those can be advantages too. 
Um, are any tips for soldering pads which have really tight spacing, less than two millimeter spacing? You want to have a good iron with a high wattage and a fine tip. Yeah. Um, and a short skirt. Skirt a long says, jacket. <laughs> Adafruit definitely inspired me to take the jump on starting to sell small designs. It's also Yay. helping me get better at things I wasn't so comfortable on, too. Yeah, and by the way, thank you for sharing that stuff because that's one of the things. We do Desk of Lady Ada's and Lamoral show a design that she made a mistake. We get an email from an engineer, and it's like, you know what? Now I'm okay talking about mistakes. I've always thought I can't talk about it. We have to be perfect. No. Yeah. You may as well say, like, you know, a lot of Adafruit products, we made all the mistakes for you. <laughs> we did all the things that you didn't have to do, and that's why these things seem perfect. But there's a lot of stuff we went into uh, in, 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 the, in the dark places. Yeah. It's kind of like photography. Sometimes you have to develop in the dark to come up with something beautiful um, for folks who used to develop film. Okay. Uh, I think those are all the questions, all the questions this week. We'll see everybody next week. Don't forget, it's Circuit Python Day 9-9-2020. Um, we'll Very see exciting. everybody next week. Uh, I want to quickly, um, before we go over to the um, Python and Hardware Newsletter, yes. I want to say thanks to all the team members behind the scenes. Jesse May is in the chat. Hey, Thank you, Jesse May. Um, thanks to all the folks that are helping out tonight in the various chats. And then we're going to do the Python and Hardware Newsletter, and then we're going to bounce. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks for making this a fantastic ask an engineer. Take good care of each other and pick up something at adafruit.com. Get a free stand your, your Your favorite... New York City Manufacturing Company. Uh, it's the only one, I think. And you get free some stuff. That does what we do. Get the free samples from Maxim, too. And now, not only that, but um, you get free stemmas. It's free night. It's free, 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 free. You get a stemma. You get a stemma. You get a stemma. Yeah. Okay. Take it away, Katney. Bye, everybody. It's that time again. This is Katney with your weekly Python on Hardware News. Every week, we put together the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It is available through adafruitdaily.com. Head over to sign up and see all of the past and current newsletters, or tune in each week to hear what's going on. Adafruit is working with the team to safely remain open as we continue to navigate COVID-19. For more information, visit adafruit.com slash open safely. Adafruit is stocked and all orders are shipping. Expect possible delays as we continue to ramp up. Now is the best time to get orders in for your favorite products, including items for students. To find the latest Adafruit products and all of the essentials you love, visit adafruit.com. CircuitPython Day is in one week. September 9th, 2020, or 9-9-2020, is the snakiest day of this year, so it's been designated CircuitPython Day. There are many events planned, including CircuitPython livestreams highlighting all things Python and Python on hardware. You can see the latest developing schedule and add your event via a pull request at adafru.it slash cpdayschedule. The same day is also DIA CircuitPython. CircuitPython fans in Central America are planning additional activities. They write, Costa Rican artist Isabel Utag was commissioned to create a mascot for this event, taking into account our roots and culture as Central Americans. You may already know Blinka, the snake mascot Adafruit has chosen for CircuitPython. With his talent, he has created one we are sure will be loved by all. I present to you Quetzalblinka. See their website in Spanish for their planned activities, diacircuitpython.org. This year, CircuitPython Day is being dedicated to Lamba Labs Makerspace, who are helping with the Beirut disaster. The BornHack Hacker Camp still happened this year, and they once again provided an electronic badge to all attendees, the 2020 BornHack Badge. They write, Similar to the last couple years, this badge has an ARM Cortex-M0 as the main controller, but on this badge, it's the SAMD21 from Microchip, with four times as much flash and RAM compared to the chips from previous badges. 
This makes it possible to run Adafruit CircuitPython, which lowers the bar for how easy it is to get started hacking on the badge. Details available on hackaday.io. Code and video available from BornHack on GitHub and YouTube, respectively. Joey Castillo posts a Twitter thread about his development of the Tiny Book Touch, a small e-paper reader with screen touch sensing. In bringing it up, he wrote a demo in CircuitPython with the Adafruit Focal Touch library, and he says it just works. This device includes Stemma ports, GPIO, and I2C. He also posts, So I'm realizing I need to redesign this as a featherboard, either SAMD51J or ESP32-S2. Imagine using this with a LoRa wing for radio stuff or controlling a power relay. So many options. And if I can keep it simple, maybe this is a gadget I could look into having manufactured. Details available from Jose Castillo on Twitter. In this week's CircuitPython Deep Dive livestream, Scott streamed his work on adding the new ESP32-S2 board to CircuitPython. Check out the latest video and past videos at adafru.it slash deepdive. Scott will be presenting a special deep dive live on CircuitPython Day from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. PyCon AU is happening online this week from September 4th through 6th. Details available at 2020.pycon.org.au and from PyCon AU on Twitter. As a preview, Rowena Stewart made a pentatonic python with CircuitPython in the Adafruit Circuit Playground Express. If you'd like to find out how to make your own, see her PyCon AU talk on September 5th. Sneak peek available from Golden Fennec on Twitter. David Gloud posts to Twitter a BMP280 barometric pressure sensor placed in an inflated balloon. The color indicates the pressure level. Green is low, red is high. Inside the balloon is a Feather NRF52840 sense. Code is available from dgloud on GitHub. The Getting Started with CircuitPython on Compatible Microcontroller Boards guide is now available to help people get up and running with CircuitPython from Woolsey Workshop. Details available from John W. Woolsey on Twitter. The Microbit Remote Learning Course provides video learning about the Microbit and MicroPython. GardenPy, powered by Neptune.py, is designed to manage, monitor, and control a series of sprinkler valves and a multitude of sensors for pretty much any sized irrigation, hydroponic, or aquaponic project. It can be scaled from 1 to 32 zones for water and 7 zones for power. It is built almost entirely in Python 3 for the Raspberry Pi 4. Code available from RJ Sears on GitHub. Read about the top 7 programming languages to learn before the end of the 2020s on HackerNoon.com. Anime to Clothing is a PyTorch official implementation of Anime to Real Clothing cosplay costume generation via image-to-image -image translation. Code available from tan 50 on GitHub. Python Poplar is a Python binding to the Poplar CPP library. It allows one to read, render, or modify PDF documents. Code available from cbrunet on GitHub. Watch the Chicago Python Lunch Break for August 2020. Video available from Chicago Python Users Group on YouTube, and more information available from Chicago Python on Twitter. On PyT episode 11, Nina Zakarenko and special guest Tanya Allard discuss scientific computing in Python, mechanical keyboards, and dev advocacy. Video available at twitch.tv slash nnjaio. Rich is a Python library for writing rich text with color and style to the terminal and for displaying advanced content such as tables, markdown, and syntax highlighted code. Full post available as part of Tuesday tooling on bigl.es. Pippi is a library of computer music modules for Python. It includes a few handy data structures for music like sound buffer and wavetable, which are operator overloaded to make working with sounds and control structures simpler. It also includes a lot of useful methods for doing common and not so common transformations to sounds and control structures. Code is available from Love Sound on GitHub. Practical Natural Language Processing, a comprehensive guide to building real-world NLP systems, available from Practical-NLP on GitHub.
There is a high demand for Python-driven machine language tools to boost robot farming. Read more at fintechdemand.com. An interactive HTML Bill of Materials plugin for KiCad available from OpenScope projects on GitHub. MicroRuby. Run Ruby code on an embedded microcontroller. Details available at microruby.com. The number of CircuitPython-supported microcontrollers and single-board computers continues to grow. There were three new boards added this week, including the Micro S2, the ESP32 S2 Kaluga Dev Kit, and the Ikigai Sense Vita. Are you interested in adding a new board to CircuitPython? Check out the Adafruit Learn system for a series of guides about getting your board added to CircuitPython and CircuitPython.org. There are two new Python and hardware-related guides in the Adafruit Learn system this week, including This project displays the current value of Bitcoin in one of three currencies, US dollars, euros, or GBP, and displays it on a large, stylish RGB LED matrix display, all made in CircuitPython running the Metro M4 airlift accessing Coindesk API wirelessly. Keep up to date on the current Bitcoin price index with this large matrix display in this guide from John Park. Use NeoPixels and a Gemma M0 to create a faux yet realistic looking torch. Hidden inside the torch is a mini fan and silk fabric. Use CircuitPython to easily program the Gemma M0 and NeoPixels. Build a 3D printed prop with a realistic looking flame in this guide from Noe and Pedro. The current number of CircuitPython libraries is 267. This includes both the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries and the CircuitPython community libraries. There was one new library this week, Adafruit CircuitPython TC74, and a significant number of updated libraries. As always, visit circuitpython.org libraries to download the latest Adafruit CircuitPython bundle. Included in this week's updates from the CircuitPython team, Dan finished debugging HCI underscore BLEIO and submitted a PR. He had to use a salier and add code to output extra data on a spare pin to see what was going on internally. Scott has reviewed the PR and he's now making a few fixes. The PR should be merged within a few days. The next CircuitPython 6.0.0 alpha release, 6.0.0 alpha 3, is nearly ready and by now it should be out. The release after that we hope will include both HCI underscore BLEIO and also Scott's Wi-Fi support for the ESP32-S2, so watch for that soon. Dan's been trying to automate or at least facilitate the data gathering we do to prepare the release notes for each CircuitPython release. Right now it's pretty much done by hand. To this end, he's been trying out the GraphQL interface to GitHub, which facilitates some but not all of the queries he wants to do. Jeff's in new project time, which means a new rat's nest of wires on his desk. We're starting on CAN bus support in CircuitPython. The first hardware we'll add to it is the SAM E54 explained board, because the E54 microcontroller has a built-in CAN peripheral. However, Jeff's testing network here consists of two STM32F405 feathers running MicroPython, which has its own implementation of CAN. CAN is interesting because it is used inside of automobiles, but can also be used as a small network between microcontrollers. If you have any uses for CAN bus, let us know on Discord in the CircuitPython channel so we can keep them in mind as we create this API. Lucian has been working on fixing a variety of bugs across multiple ports. He started out with a bug that was crashing the meow bit at startup, and turned out to be multiple issues related to low power, display I.O. changes, and pulse I.O. pointer problems. He also revisited some older issues on the STM32 which were simply out of date, having been fixed a long time ago by wider scale improvements to the port. He has been spending time on a variety of problems with the ESP32-S2 and STM32, including fixing the TRNG module across both ports, debugging a crash related to display I.O. on ESP32, dealing with problems related to makefile comment style, and logging some potential issues with the file system. It's somewhat scattered work, but it's good to make sure that major bugs don't linger in the issues list for too long, and he's found 
found often that investigating an issue in one port turns up undocumented problems in others. In his time off, this past week, he finished a breakout feather wing for the Dynamixel AX12 servo motor to go with his library. He's been meaning to get back into making his own hardware, and it seems like the assembly options for PCBs have gotten a lot cheaper recently, which really lowers the barrier to entry for his projects. He's excited to see how these ones turn out when they arrive next week. Pi Gotham is a New York City-based eclectic Pi-centric conference covering many topics. Pi Gotham TV is taking place October 2nd and 3rd, 2020, with a single track of talks presented online. Visit 2020.pygotham.tv for more information. PyCon India 2020 will be held online from October 3rd through 5th, 2020. Visit in.pycon.org/slash2020 for details regarding the conference. The Hackaday Remoticon will take place everywhere November 6th through 8th, 2020. It is weekend packed with workshops about hardware creation held virtually for all to enjoy. Call for proposals is now open. Details available on hackaday.com. Translating CircuitPython is now easier than ever. Translations make the project more accessible to a broader range of folks. Adding or improving translations is a great way to get started contributing to the project. With the help of fellow open source project WebLate, we're making it even easier. You can create a new account just for WebLate or sign in using other sites like GitHub or Google. If you write another language, visit adafru.it slash translatecp, sign in, and start translating. Looking for more Python on hardware all week? Join the Adafruit community on Discord and check out the Help with CircuitPython and CircuitPython channels. We're over 24,000 strong and continuing to grow. You'll find a supportive, positive community filled with like-minded folks. Join at adafru.it slash Discord. And that is your Python on hardware news for this week. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter or tune in again next week.